Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here this week by a very good friend of the program, Storm Fairy Wolf. Storm, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. It's an honor. You are an amazing person to speak to. We absolutely love hanging out with you. You've been on the show. Well, we lost count at this point. It's somewhere over three times. It's a few. It's a few. (laughs) We consistently have you back because we always have such good conversations. And today is going to be our time to just have some fun. Because what we've teased through the past couple episodes is our undying love for Star Trek. And we've... um, like narrowly avoided going down huge pot or uh, rabbit holes like for hours. So tonight is our night to just <laughs> chit chat about that. Excellent. It's Pride Excellent. Month. We just had Juneteenth. It's it's June 20th right now. I think today was the federal holiday for that. So a shout mm-hmm. out to all of our, our friends out there celebrating and, and everyone that's banding together in this weird world. How are you doing, Storm? You had some technical problems and maybe we should tell people if they sent you an email to uh, send you a new one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So if anybody sent me an email in the last month, um, I might not have received it. So send it again. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of it because I still can't wrap my head around the technical weirdness that caused it to happen. But I didn't even notice because I have multiple email addresses, right, coming into one thing. But my main one wasn't being checked for almost a month. So that has been crazy. I am on a whole new email system now, so I have to learn a whole new organizational structure. So they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but um, I'm learning Outlook. So we'll see how that goes. Nor is Storm an old dog. I'm just going to call that out. He's no old dog. So you are you're a techie person, too. I mean, that's also a little bit of background to how Storm and I have met and hung out over the time is through Witches Sabbath. And, you know, most recently, like, well recently it's been almost a year now but uh we were we were doing the tech stuff last time so you were helping me get everyone organized and all of that like getting the green rooms going and so i was just doing tech job and it was so fun i it's it's so funny because you're obviously way more techie than i am every i think it's just some weird default glamour that i have everyone assumes i'm this tech person and it's really just because (laughs) they know a little less than I do. And I'm like, but wait, I don't understand this. (laughs) I'll, I'll, and I'll bang my head against the wall until I'm able to like figure it out. But it it certainly does not come easy. So when everybody said, when, when people say, Oh, storm, you're a tech person. I'm like, I I don't know what world you're in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm in the tech world. So I don't know. I must be, I don't know. You glamored me then. That's it. I've been, (laughs) I've been tricked and I believe it. I, again, it's just been a very, very fun ride. And I'm sorry that uh, we had those issues tonight, but they, they're taking care of for us today. So I think it's all working. It's all working. If you can see me, see and hear me, then our problems are over. I'm knocking on wood. That's it. There we go. Well, I want to talk to you about all kinds of things. We said this just a little bit uh, before we started recording, but throughout this episode, we also want to talk a little bit about Pride Month. Um, Pagan and I had just taken one of Storm's spells, and I apologize to everyone I'm showing this. This came uh, with the Satyr's Kiss. It's covered in candle wax because I was crafty and making candle wax with it. This is an amazing spell, the Reflections of Pride. You sort of talked to us about these uh, concepts before when you last visited us uh, with Pagan. We we just brought this all up around the Satyr's Kiss. We started talking about the witch's name. So just tonight, I, I guess I'll ask... 
there, what is anything you're doing for Pride this month? Do you have fun plans? I saw some really exciting house oh. news, but I don't know if we're allowed oh, no, to share we can it. talk about the house news. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty that's awesome. Pretty cool. um, we don't really have our big, I guess our big thing for Pride is that, um, although it's of course happening much later, but you know, it announced for Pride Month is um, here at House Four Locks, um, two of my partners are getting legally married. And that would be Devin Hunter and Matt Oren. And they did um, um, post about that the other day. Devin did this really great, I don't know, TikTok, Instagram real thing showing his fancy diamond ring. You know, so he was pretty excited about that. All the bling. Um, but yeah, um, they're they're going to get legally married. So, of course, people who don't know, people have been asking, like, well, what's going on? And are, are you like... Are you not four together anymore? Because, you know, a lot of people don't really understand polyamory and it's, you know, different for everybody. Right. So um, I just wanted to say, no, we're all together. You know, um, Chaz and I got legally married back in, I want to say it's 2008. I'm really bad with dates (laughs) and and linear time. But um, so we got legally married when we were allowed to get legally married. Actually, here in California, there was a window when we were allowed to get legally married and we got married in that window and then it wasn't legal anymore. Right. So for a while we were, we had special rights, right. Which was not the, the goal. And um, then of course, federally um, we were able to, you know, all of us, you know, get marriage equality. Um, so yeah, Devin and Matt are going to do that. And then um, we are actually um, sometime next year, the four of us are going to have a, a um, religious ceremony, a hand fasting. And so, um, so yeah, so everyone can calm down. Nobody's <laughs> leaving anybody else. Um, there's no like ranking, you know, people are like, Oh, well, who's your number one. And who's your number two. We're not ranking people. That just seems so rude. You know, all love is different. You know, every relationship you have with somebody is different. And that's been my experience with, po- with polyamory is that every relationship you have is different, but the four of us are committed to, you know, spending our lives together and supporting each other as a family. And that's the way it goes. So, but yeah, we're looking forward to being able to celebrate Devin and Matt on this next um, phase, you know, of this relationship journey. And then again, next year, the four of us are going to get hand fasted. And I'm very excited about planning all of that. That'll be a lot of fun. That's so amazing. And it's great that you guys are sort of like outspoken and teaching in this sort of polyamory space because it's I think that's still something we I don't see large on social media. It's so I mean, I'm guessing a lot of the questions sounds like you get some rude ones. I mean, I, I just don't like the asking of who's your favorite. I mean, that's a lame. That's so weird. But, you know, also some people don't think of it as rude, you know, and problem. it's also it's like the people who don't think, you know, back in the day I used to get um, the questions of, well, you know, who's the man and who's the woman, right? You don't hear that as much anymore because I'd like to think that society, at least most people, you know, have, have evolved, you know, obviously some people just won't and that's fine. I don't play games with them. Um, But, you know, I don't hear that as much, but you know, this is the thing is people think, Oh, you have to have like just a number one. I never really understood how like one person can fulfill all of your needs, you know, and, um, and if you if they can, if you're monogamous and you're happy being monogamous and that works for you and everything, then that's beautiful. But monogamy is not necessarily better, you mm-hmm. know, than polyamory. But I'll say also polyamory is not necessarily better. I'm really sick of polyamorous people who are like, oh, well, monogamy is just, you know, unevolved and blah, blah, blah. It's based in ownership. And blah. But, you know, just let people be happy. 
you know, l- l- how about people just do what they're going to do to live their lives and be happy and not encroach on other people's happiness? You know, th- that's what I want to see in the world. Oh, I like that. I, I shared something today on Instagram that was along those lines, like, you know, hey, if you don't like certain people because their skin t- color, or their creed or their whatever it is, uh, no one can force you to change your opinions. But you're not supposed to go out there and turn those people's lives into a battleground or debate their rights or any of that stuff that makes them feel lesser than. And that's that's the thing is I, I hear what you're saying in the debate, uh, saying one is better than the other or not. But to me, it's about removing the constraints of that thinking. It is it is the black or white that I don't like, because in truth, it's all shades of gray. We're the ones that make these weird arbitrary lines in the sand and. So yeah. yeah, that in battling. And it's all just it's all just art. You know, who can mm. say that like oh pointillism is better than impressionism <laughs> or jazz is better than classical or you know whatever. It's like no, don't it, it's all just different. Isn't diversity the point? You know, look at nature. Nature doesn't say one life form and that's what you get. You know, that that would not work. You know, <laughs> you know we wouldn't have life. You know, you need all sorts of different types of life forms and experiences to make this work. We're all in this together, you know? So I, I, again, I don't understand why we haven't gotten to the place yet where we can literally celebrate other people's differences. I find it exciting. I love it when I learn about people that I, Hey, I didn't know that that existed or that people thought that way. And, you know, are these customs or whatever? And that excites me. I love it. You know, but for some people, it really threatens them. It becomes this whole thing of like, oh, well, what's better? And my way is the right way. It's like, you know, people need to chill. Oh, I agree. Uh, Kira in our chat chimes in and says, love can't be bad as long as it's legal and consensual. And it's truly no one else's business. (laughs) I agree. Absolutely. I mean, there's something I think is really relevant to the conversation, too, which is the short amount of time that gay marriage has been legalized here in the United States. I mean, I feel like it's been a long time, but it really hasn't. What year did that go federally legal? Was that 2016? Was that? I think it was. God, now it's like, I'm I'm like, oh, I'm on a, I have to look up my notes. I'm I'm doing it. I think it probably was 2016. Oh, are you? I'm I'm going to Google it really quickly here. If someone in chat knows it off the top of their head, but I believe uh, I want to say that was just 2016. So it's been a really short amount of time. Uh, oh, yeah, actually, it, it, it has not been. Let me look it up. I've maybe got, 2013. Actually, I have a calendar. 2013. I have a calendar that's a public calendar called the Queer Craft. Really? And um, yeah, I'll see if I can share that. Well, probably I'll say because I'll have to look up the link, and it's going to be the like, yeah, yeah, long yeah. thing, of course, because um, <laughs> it's a Google Calendar. Um, oh, if it's a Google- but I have it on there somewhere, and I thought it was in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Milestone U.S. Equality. Okay, I'm calling it U.S. Equality Day because two things happened. Mm. Okay, on um, June 26, the first one was in 2003. That was Lawrence versus Texas. And that was the law that struck down the anti-sodomy laws in the United States. 2003. 2003. So, so before 2003, it was not federally protected to just be a gay person and have sex with another gay person. You could be arrested 
in some states. Obviously, in Texas, that was how that was. That was struck down in 2003. But the one we're talking about happened on the same day, June 26, this time in 2015. It was um, Obergfell versus Hodges. And that is the ruling that gave us marriage equality. So 2015, not very long ago. Seven years? My goodness. And I mean, I, I, I this is... Crazy. This is the conversation sort of stuff I like to get into, Storm. So natural and like relevant to talk about these dates because this colors our view, especially I think when we talk about things like echo chambers and just being someone in progressive circles, we, we act like we've had these rights for a long time just because it's something we have and we can't, we don't want to think maybe at times of the, the worst points, but to see how quickly they came and now how quickly they're under attack is the other really big concept. That's the thing too. And I think that people have this idea that like, oh, well, we have these rights now. We won it. It's over. Yeah. Um, Roe v. Wade, y'all, you know, that we just heard that that's, you know, probably going to be overturned and, you know, it's not for sure, but the, the legal memo that was leaked was genuine. And so they're looking at overturning that. Um, It looks like they probably will. We're waiting with bated breath, but the decision to overturn it is based on what they are considering to be flawed precedents. And those precedents are what gave us marriage <sighs> equality and decriminalized homosexuality. So if, uh, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then it's like a house of cards. Yes. You know, there is no right to privacy. And then these other um, things will now be illegal as well. Um, so it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty scary time. You know, and we have we obviously have to keep fighting for it. And I'm kind of sick of having to keep fighting just for my right to exist. Yes. Um, but I also want to say on, on another level, it's it's also not as bad for me. You know, um, I'm a cis white person. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm going to be attacked because I'm queer, you know, but um, trans people have it way worse than I do, you know, and they're constantly under attack, you know. So it's like we, we have to remember, you know, that like. We have we have to help each other, you know, so I don't want us to just focus on our own communities. We have to. Yes, we have to tend our own communities, but we need to reach out and and work with people who are unlike us as well, um, because when it comes to the fascism of, of the uh, political right um, here in this country and across the world, all of us are undesirables yeah. to them. So all of us undesirables better band together and get some force on our side. And, and 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 start working it because um, history repeats itself. Wow, that's all I want to say. I don't want to get all dark. <laughs> it's there's a positive way to spin it too, because it, well, it's all real, and I I agree with you. I don't quote want to go all dark, but we also are at a point where it, well, for many years now, we should have been having this conversation, and I consider myself. A little bit guilty at times that in the past I didn't use my platform. I've been pretty outspoken, but there are times when I did tame myself because of people in my audience that I was making uncomfortable with my strong leftist views. And we're only talking four years ago. So, but I really wish four years ago I would have just pushed them over the metaphorical cliff and just, you know, hey, you don't like me? (laughs) Leave. But, you know, here are my views fully. And I, But it is a balance, too, as like people in this content creation space where you and I sit, um, we we are in a public eye. You know, if if we don't like the word content creation or anything like that, we're on a pedestal 
And for better or worse, you know, people judge our words and they kind of look to us uh, at times for for guidance, whether or not we're the perfect person to, to give it or not. And I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. We we can speak, but if we speak too much, we kind of get in trouble. Sort of vibe is is how I feel. That's it the- is. Sometimes it's a tightrope walk, yeah. you know, because I and just for me personally, because I feel like like when I say, "Oh, I don't want to go too dark," sometimes I'm going to go way dark, and I think that that's necessary. But at other times, it's also self care. You know, it's like I can't just be go all dark all the time. You know, I can't just live in anger. I need to direct that anger into something positive. And sometimes for me, that is just speaking out and tweeting that helps me get it out. I'm a Gemini moon. So I have to like verbally, you know, process, you know, all that stuff or like what's the digital version of that, you know, um, my pixel tweeting, um, just get it out, get it out, get it out. During um, the former guy's regime, I made it part of my spiritual practice to troll him on Twitter and that made me feel better. And I figured if nothing else is making me feel better because everything else was making me feel crappy. <laughs> it was really just watching democracy crumble. And we're still kind of there. You know, we still things are hanging in the balance. You know, people are don't even believe that what they saw live on TV was an actual insurrection. You know, um, it's just that baffles me baffles me. It shouldn't baffle me because some people are just so invested in their own political ideology that they're not going to be able to see out of it, you know? And so I can't really waste my time on those people. Um, but I think my, my main thing is when I do see, I don't know, injustice or people, um, being hateful, you know, especially to marginalized groups. Um, I feel like it's my duty to speak out. Um, not because I feel like I'm necessarily going to change the bigot's mind. Um, but I want other people to see that this is not going to go, unchallenged. I think it's like if people are saying anti-trans things, I feel like it's my duty to speak up and say something because there's probably a lot of trans people who are watching that and they're feeling pretty attacked. And I would want someone to speak up for me, you know? So I just think that's kind of what we have to do. And then you have to like get away from the computer. You have to walk away, go take an uncrossing bath, you know, go watch Star Trek, you know, whatever, get your, get, get some good vibes, you know, going. And then, you know, you live to fight another day. Exactly. I also want to like just briefly reemphasize what you pointed out that uh, we have to stick up for one another. That's so big. I think on the left, we're progressive people, however you want to describe marginalized groups as a whole kind of whole umbrella. We there's a lot of infighting. I mean, I see gay people attack each other all the time online. Like it's such a common thing. And I go, oh. But there's a fascist right there. Why aren't you attacking them? Like, (laughs) right. That guy actually wants you dead. You two just are having a bad day. Like, uh, and that bothers me. I, I, it's, it's, I think one of our our greatest struggles is, you know, in trying, I think our side of the aisle really wants to understand each other and we want to vocalize our differences so that we can communicate and make a hopefully better world. But the other side, just like you said, they, they see it all as one group of undesirables. So stick together because we need to. Now I, I will. Yeah. And if we did, we outnumber them. That's the thing. Cause, because from their view, like everybody unlike them is an undesirable and that's most of the planet. So actually if we were able to band together, you know, we would be able to stamp out this Nazi problem, you know, but we're just over here like, scrambling around, you know, not getting our stuff together. Come on people. Wake, there's work to do. Come on. Wake up. 
That's a big topic right there. And maybe we can even add a little bit of a magical component to this. But maybe, but there's also just a sheer activism get out there sort of aspect. I feel personally like we're in a strange spot of having to play by rules that are completely against us at this stage. And this is nothing new, but I think it's something to awaken people to. And hopefully, even if they just hear me say it, it might make them reevaluate their life that my problem when I wake up in the morning is I go, I really want to change the world. I'm so unhappy with the things the way they are. But legally, your hands are decently tied at this stage because I don't think you and I can directly affect the Supreme Court at this stage. It has so right. many mechanisms that go years <clears throat> and years in advance and whatever. Oh, so, yeah. you it's know, broken. Right. Very. So it's That's a strange broken. aspect to me of it feels like the waiting for the revolution sort of vibe. Like every day it's like, well, I'm just waiting for the next shoe to fall. And this is sort of where I want to ask maybe a little bit of a magical question is like, how is there anything that you find yourself doing in that way? If you're feeling these things, do you direct any magical energy towards that? We've talked largely about workings, but I think I, I've certainly picked up more books related to magic for resistance and, and actually, I guess, pushing back, like trying, trying. So I don't know. Just curious if you have any thoughts generally. I, I honestly, I feel I'm kind of of two minds of it. Maybe that mm-hmm. again, my Pisces sun, Gemini moon, right? So, oh, I see both sides of this. Yes. I've certainly done larger magic, you know, politically, and that is frustrating as hell. Because, you know, it's so difficult. You're you're trying to move a mountain, Mm -hmm. right? And um, so I kind of feel like on one level doing the kind of larger magic, like when I was hexing Trump. Oh, yes, I was hexing Trump. And um, I feel like the main benefit from that was it made me feel better, you know, because I felt powerless. You know, I I literally felt like um, my country is crumbling down. not that it, you know, honestly, not that it was that great before. And certainly it's never been great for, you know, a good number of types of people, you know, in, in this country, um, certainly not just queer people, um, you know, but I just felt powerless. And I, I've always felt really aligned to what the spirit of the United States is, is states is supposed to be about, right? It's supposed to be about freedom. It's supposed to be about equality and, you know, a land of laws. But it's never actually manifested that, right? So it can be really depressing. Um, But doing the hexing on that level or the political magic on that level certainly made me feel better because when there was nothing else I could do, because I get out there, I've done protests, you know, and I've written letters and I've voted, you know, I vote in every election and, you know, um, you know, and all those things. But still, it just feels like you're screaming into the void, right? Mm -hmm. And so doing some of that larger you know, kind of harder edge or razor's edge magic um, made me feel better. And it gave me the means to keep going. Whereas I think it would have been really easy for me to just slip into depression and be completely ineffectual and then not be able to do anything. Right. And so I wouldn't be writing letters and I wouldn't be voting or whatever. And, you know, um, yeah. So I think on one level, it's self-care. Hexing for self-care. Maybe that's a book. You that's know? a great <laughs> title, honestly. Um, you know, because I think that's actually true. And, you know, I kind of feel like, um, um, 
Anton LaVey, I believe, you know, talked about that to some degree because he actually was an atheist. Right. And um, he thought all of this was, you know, symbolic and whatever. But then he start, he did some magic and thought, oh, something's actually working here. But it was the idea was like you're it's almost like it's cathartic. You know, you're going to if you're doing a hex on somebody and you throw all your hate on them, you're getting that hate out of you. Right. Um, I actually believe in magic, so I don't really hex indiscriminately. Right. You know, I'm not really hexing people so much, although I did hex Trump the person. You know, um, and but he's still here. I thought for a second, I will totally show my petty side. I thought for a second when he got COVID, it was like, yes, oh, yeah. you know, and that's how petty I was. Um, but he's still here. So um, obviously it, it wasn't that great of a hex. So um, so I'll, I'll own that room for not, improvement. I'm not, probably not the best hexer. Um, but 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 other types of magic, I think magic on the political, the activist side is good again for self-care, not just hexing, but doing the healing magic that we need in order to keep us going. And to remember that we need to disconnect from the anger. We need to disconnect even from activism for, for at least brief times to come back into our center, to nourish ourselves so that we can go back out there and do work. But for me, I think that I was able to keep talking to people. I was able to keep speaking up because I was doing that magic, it helped me kind of, kind of get a, a sense of center, you know, and not get overwhelmed by the fear and the anger. Um, and it was certainly overwhelming, you know, at times. And it, it still feels that way to some degree. You know, I watched a little bit of the um, January 6th hearings and like the beginning was like so amazing. And I was like, how in the world am I agreeing with Liz Cheney on anything? But, you know, here she is. This is the weird screwy timeline we find ourselves in um but anyway I, I i don't know it's still after hearing that and being like oh my god this is so convincing and then to hear from other people they're just like oh this didn't happen trump actually won wow <laughs> what world what world are we living in this is crazy it's like a bunch of political flat earthers oh what are we gonna do but we still live on this rock with them they're still people mm -hmm. you know and i don't want us to start demonizing them too right because that's the game they play yeah and that is a losing game no matter what once you start demon the minute you start demonizing people you know a couple steps later are um concentration camps and so we cannot allow that to happen no 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 so I agree. let's not demonize each other let's not demonize each other on the left Let's not demonize people on the right or on the top, the bottom, whatever. Let's stop demonizing people. We can strongly disagree and we can work against their ideologies, but we cannot demonize people. That is not acceptable. I like that you're bringing this up because that is extremely important. If we want to affect change uh, and really have something positive, we are going to have to figure out ways to work with people because the other option is death. And that's not the preferred yeah. for me. But the and it's unfortunate that our lives are the battleground that, you know, black people, trans people, gay. It's unfortunate that women's bodies are the battleground. But we do need to find not that we should be apologizing or making space for these terrible ideas. We need to find a way no. to try to educate them away from these ideas in a meaningful way. I, I want to point out it's there's also a line here, folks, that the, the 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 burden of all of this, if you're struggling in any way in your life, should not fall exclusively on you. You're not alone as leftists, as progressive people. We do, again, need to be together. Uh, it's it's very hard for me to say that, you know, someone that's being victimized should, you know, have to explain to their abuser why it's wrong. 
so that's not what I'm saying. I, I am trying to say, though, that we got to educate them away from the hateful ideas. For example, in my area of Pennsylvania, it's all a bunch of old steel town stuff. So what most of these people want are socialist policies. <gasps> But not with the S word. But my gosh, in a textbook, there's socialist policies. So we got to figure out a way to start actively destigmatizing. Because as much as I want to say, oh, it shouldn't fall on us as the victims. Unfortunately, there's no really another group that's going to do it. It does. Because it's always the people who are disempowered that have to rise up and take power. I don't think someone needs to show me the, the historical instance in which the people of in power just woke up one day and said, you know what? We're wrong. Here you go. Equality for everyone. That's never happened. That's never happened. And most often it only happens through a violent uprising. You know, I'm not saying that we need necessarily, you know, violence. I'm not really an advocate of violence, but I understand violence from an oppressed group. You know, I understood people looting, you know, for black lives matter and, and, you know, all of that, because, hello, 500 years of systematic oppression and people feeling like there's nothing else they can do, you know, and kind of just going wild over that. People, you know, unarmed black people being shot down by police and no repercussions. You know, this is just this is beyond insane. You know, our our system is so broken. And and luckily now, I think with the Internet, it's a double edged sword. You know, we are able to get information out there quicker. However, we also have disinformation that goes mm-hmm. out there even more quickly. You know, so we, we have to keep aware. We have to keep fighting. The conspiratorial element is just staggering to me. You know, when people are saying, oh, the insurrectionists on January 6th were actually Antifa and the FBI. What? Like, why would Antifa and, you know, like, try to stop an election that they won? Yes. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, these are the same people that think that the moon landing was faked and all that. So, yes, education, education, education. Um, But we have to have, like, educational standards. And I think politically, we need to really look at news. And we need we need to have a fairness doctrine. We need to have, you know, something that says, no, if you're going to call yourself news, you have to, like, prove it. You have to, like, show facts. It can't just be I'm going to make this stuff up. Fox News is not news. Mm-mm. And in fact, they even argued that themselves in court. Yes. And that that's how they were able to get out there. Their, their argument was, well, no one takes it seriously. <laughs> you know, that, that this is inter- entertainment. You know, this is an entertainment program. You know, we're not saying that we're giving facts, you know, so I'm like, oh, but I, I do think we should have laws, you know, and, and people will get mad at me because I think that hate speech should not be protected under the First Amendment. Absolutely. Wow. I think that 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 preacher in um, in Texas that just said literally said all homosexuals should be put on trial, a biblical trial, and we should all be lined up against a wall and a bullet in the back of our heads, all of them across the country. I think that is obviously inciting violence. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned that. I just wrote a piece for The Wild Hunt, you know, um, that, that talked about that. But I think that should not be protected. That that should be illegal because you are literally inciting violence. But we have so many people that are like, oh, that's not, there's not a direct link. Would there have been studies done? Yes, we can see that there is a direct link between words and action. And so I, other countries that have free speech can also stop hate speech. You know, let's look at Germany. Germany is not perfect, but they're doing some things right. You know, you can't display Nazi symbols 
in Germany. You can't, you can't do these things. You know, you still have freedom of speech, but the minute you go down there and you start demonizing groups of people, that's not allowed. The United States, if we really want to be like the greatest country in the world, then we need to start acting like it. We are so not the greatest country in the world. We're, we're way down low. We don't even have universal health care. You know, how could we be the greatest country in the world when like so many of our kids are in poverty? You know, come on. It took me so long just to be able to afford to go to the freaking dentist. You know, whatever. This is not, you know, but we can be, you know, but my thing is, I don't necessarily want us to be like the greatest country in the world. I want us all to be. Yes. You know, I want to lift everybody up. You know, that's the point. And, And to me, that's what the left is about. You know, we should be about lifting everybody up. But here we have capitalism and capitalism wants to have some people at the top and most people at the bottom. And that's the way that that works. And so I, you know, I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but um, I'm really not, I am an anti-capitalist, you know, I'm for the free market, you know, capitalism doesn't, it's not, you know, you can have a free market and, and not be capitalist. And I'm for that, but we need to at least have, you know, some regulations going on, but this whole like deregulating everything and just allowing like companies to dictate their own stuff. Um, this is horrible, <laughs> horrible. So come on. Anyway, now I'm going off on individual policies. I, I mean, you're but, fine. I mean, this is all, this is all the contrast of, of the future that liberals want, especially the kind of liberals that we are. The future we want is the United Federation of Planets. Exactly. Good Star Trek That's segue. My little segue. I like it. <laughs> I, you you masterfully said it all. These are all things that need to be addressed before we get to our Star Trek future because that's that is the sort of communist I I consider myself as I am I am the peace love technology. I think everything can work in perfect harmony. I think the only thing that's preventing us from doing that from the glo- global you know rise up is that. We have so many bad stigmas um, that pass down through religious organizations. I want to draw a big difference, people. I completely support spirituality and beliefs. I don't love mega churches. I don't know how America right. lets them tax exempt and buying private jets while telling people to what eat silver or something to cure themselves of COVID. Like oh you're telling your people to poison themselves while you're taking their tithe and all that and just running away. It's that to me. Freedom is, of speech, freedom of speech, crime, crime, criminal arrest. Because, <laughs> and I mean, there is a danger in like those ideas of, of I'm with you in the, the censorship. We already have some laws that are like fighting words laws. We we have situations mm-hmm. and mandates where you cannot go into a movie theater and yell fire because that's technically exactly. a danger and you can incite a stampede right. that'll result in harm. So exactly. you can't say the word bomb like at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Imagine. you know, God. you know, if I say, Oh my God, that I heard that new song and that's the bomb. You know, if they hear you wrong, you know, even that you're going to get in trouble. I agree. You know, and, and, you know, might some people might think it's a little extreme, whatever, but you know, it's, you know, we have a lot of people yes. and when you have a lot of people together, you know, things are scary <laughs> people. I, I like to disconnect from people, you know, that's, that's also been one of the nice things I will say about the pandemic and the lockdown as I, I was able to kind of become more of a hermit yeah. and I'm, I'm in, I'm enjoying my hermitude, you know, but um, large groups of people bother me because that, it, and also it's the group think that really um, bothers me because it's really easy to slip into that. And I know how easy it is to slip into that. You know, I, I, 
feel like even in my own spiritual system for a while, you know, many years ago, I, I slipped into uh, what I identify now as a cult mentality, you know, and then when I came out of it because of some heinous things um, that I saw and that I called out and was shocked at how other people were like kind of okay with it, you know, AKA sexual abuse. I was like, Oh my God, this is a total cult, you know, not the whole thing, you know, but just like some people had just made it a cult in their own minds. And it's just so easy. I think human beings are hardwired that way. We're hardwired to tribalism Mm -hmm. and that just really gets scary. There's nothing inherently wrong with tribalism, you know, yeah, tend to your tribe. But the second it's like, oh, my tribe is better than your tribe. Yeah. No, you have gone down the wrong road. You know, I mean, we need to do some some retraining there. And the isolation of certain groups within the tribe, right? The undesirables. I mean, that's what helps make us versus them is you are not part of our tribe because of your skin color, your sexual orientation, all those excuses that further distance us from our own people. We need, just generally speaking, folks, I know this is just such a Star Trek future I'm preaching for, but we need a a global consciousness shift of people viewing humans as humans. I was on a philosophical bent last week and i'd have to remember who i was listening to at the time but uh, it was just drawing out the absurdity that we live in a world where we do tolerate torture on a regular basis i mean it's in our tv shows it's in our real life it's in our laws it's it's everywhere and as humans we're generally okay with it but in truth to hear that another human you know kind of anywhere in the world is tortured we should all be rising up and throwing you know if a child is being killed we should be you know all standing up and stopping everything we're doing because to be honest none of our industry is nearly as important as a single life but that's oh, capitalism God. right there is it exactly is more important I mean, look at look at what happened when covid i mean COVID, oh. first of all covid is not over nope i i just i really want to tell people it's not over please wear your masks i know that like the the laws in a lot of places have lifted the mandates. Um, I think that's just a political move. You know, the virus doesn't follow any political party. Please wear your masks. Please wash your hands. Um, but, you know, oh God, I don't even know what I was going to go. I'm just so yeah, just discombobulated with all this stuff. Well, well you <laughs> know what? Train of thought. That's fine. We'll talk about Star Trek now anyway, because this will probably come up and through. I want to say that I am in love with their latest series, the Strange New Worlds one, because I feel like... They have done some really masterful plot lines in there. This is, I guess, spoiler territory for people out there. I don't remember any plot line to the T to to, to ruin it for you folks. But I will say really masterful plots. There was an episode in there about a character who is genetically altered as a species and served as a great parallel, as I saw it, for how I felt as a gay or queer person, where there's kind of a statement towards the end that's like, well, if I hadn't been the hero, if I hadn't saved the day, would I still be wanted or was I just right. needed? And that those sort of plot lines are what really calls me to Star Trek, the philosophy of diving in. And I, sci-fi is a place for us to explore these concepts without hurting people like that is this is a playground for our mind. And it's always been an expression of. Just forward thinking. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, just, you know, at a glance, what are your thoughts on that show, Storm? Is that your favorite or where is it ranking in the new stuff? Anything you want to share? I mean, it's really, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's really, it might be. It's really up there. Ask a Pisces what their favorite is. And that, this is dangerous territory. Um, but it's definitely up there. Um, 
I mean, for a couple of reasons, just on the storytelling reasons, it's refreshing to have another Star Trek show that is, for the most part, self-contained episodes. That's that's a nice thing. So people can really join it at any time. And yet it still has the character development. I think they've done a good job of like blending the two. Um, also, I will say just for it, because it's Pride Month, I just want to take a nice queer moment and say, uh, Anson Mount as Captain Pike. He's my space daddy. I love him. Oh, my goodness. Um, but besides just being completely handsome, um, he has got such a big heart. Yeah. He is such a caring um, and they they really bring that emotion through. You know, he really is um, scared for the lives of his crew, you know, and um, it's so touching, you know, to see just how much he cares about people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to see that type of caring displayed on our television screens, especially from a, an ostensibly heterosexual male character, you know, um, because often straight men characters are portrayed as hard and maybe uncaring, you know, they're strong and, and, and emotionless and, you know, Pike is strong, but he's not hard and he's not uncaring, you know, uh, he's got a soft heart, um, but not so soft that it's going to, you know, prevent him from making the tough decisions. I think he's a really wonderful example of a non-toxic masculinity. And so I think it's really important. And I know that like, the people on the right are like uh, all up in arms, you know, oh, it's woke Trek, you know, whatever. And to that, I just want to say um, Star Trek was woke before woke was a thing. You know, Star Trek was woke with the first episode, you know, in 1966. It's always been about social commentary. It's always been about um, liberal social values. It always has been, you know, and um, so it's amazing to me that there's people now that are upset by it, you know, like suddenly, like it's just this brand new thing, you know, it's like, have you ever watched Star Trek before? I don't know if you saw in, and I think it was the last, um, yeah, this last season of Star Trek discovery, but they, maybe this is a spoiler, but if you've been on the internet, you know, for five minutes during the time you would have seen it at one point, these doors open and Stacey Abrams like walks out in her, you know, space gown and, you know, whatever. And she is, she's portraying the, the, um, president of United Earth. And here on, you know, our sucky Earth timeline, you know, on Twitter, um, Ted Cruz um, tweeted a picture of it. And he said, what the hell is this? So, of course, I and I'm sure like a million other people took it, took an opportunity to respond. It's the future, asshole. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Star Trek has definitely if you didn't realize that it was woke before they have leaned into it. And they made a conscious decision that this is what we're going to do. And um, and here and I'm loving it. I'm here for it. This is the future liberals want. Yes, I agree. I, it's so I actually have never had a conversation with someone that believes Star Trek should be more regressive in its values. Like, I've just never had that opportunity. Thankfully, I don't want it really. But I'm curious, yeah, like, how do they justify any of the previous Star Trek. Like, I'm just curious, if you don't like the woke stuff now, what did you like before? I mean, the, really the big difference that I can right? think of is there were just no openly gay characters or 
uh, things like that. Like that's primarily, but there were black characters and they had a Russian on the bridge and interracial first kisses. interracial kiss. Exactly. I mean, it, and I mean, God, that one episode, which was kind of dumb, but looking back, I'm glad that they had it because it was so on the nose in the original series, the people that like on the left side, they were white and on the right side, they were black. And then there was the other people on the planet and it was reversed and they were at war. And it was obvious. I mean, come on. It was such an obvious, you know, metaphor for like, dude, you're, you're so much closer than you are, you know, apart and you can't get together. And, and of course the Federation people are like, you look the same to me. You know, what, what's, what's going on here? Why can't you get together? And they're like, Oh no, no, we're so different. We're too different. So crazy to me. And, um, it really, you can have a show that gave you that and still think that it never had any sort of political agenda or, or ideology. Hmm. You know, okay. That's very selective, you know, I would say, but usually when that's come up and uh, like on Twitter and social media spaces, I'll see people challenge those, these people and say, well, this happened and this happened. What, what do you say to that? It's crickets. They don't answer hmm. because they don't have an answer because they haven't thought it through. They're just, you know, they got blinders on. And so it just means the rest of us just have to keep talking about it. We have to keep supporting it, you know, support the franchise, you know, and to that, I want to say, um, in terms of supporting the franchise, I just want to say, look at this. <gasps> wow. Saru Funko Pop. Saru is one of my favorite, favorite characters. And um, this was actually a gift um, from one of my partners, Matt Oren, um, for Christmas a couple years ago. And, um, and I think... I'm pretty sure there must be two of these in the house because I feel like I got one for Devin. <laughs> and then it was like, wait, we opened the wrong one. No, no. So we both, there's like two Sarus running through the house. I've obviously left it in the box because um, I'm such a nerd. I but, adore um, that. I love it. And I love, you know, I want, I want to support the franchise because it's actually doing good in the world. Here's a yes. way that capitalism can actually do some good. You mm -hmm. know, it's a tool like anything else. Now, obviously, um, I'm not saying let's keep capitalism because it has the potential to do good, but that's what we have now. Right. And so why don't we steer it in the way we want it to go? You know, baby steps towards that, you know, um, Federation future. Right. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're just I mean, it all happens once we discover replicators. It's all over. You know, once we discover that we don't have to be fighting for finite resources, that's that's when things will shift. You know that or when the aliens come. You know, those are the two big, big things. But right until then, we're we're fighting over scraps and and we're dividing each other and deciding who can have the scraps. Wow. And um, but in the meantime, we just have to keep putting, you know, this positive vision of a future out there, because I think it's really easy to be depressed. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to think, oh, it's all going to be horrible. You know, and maybe it will get worse before it gets better. But I think if we do have a vision that it will get better, we can then create that future. But we have to have a vision. And Star Trek has consistently given us a vision of a brighter future, not one in which everything's fixed, mm -hmm. but one in which a lot of the fundamental things have been fixed. And it shows us that it can be done, you know, and if enough of us believe that it can be done, it will be done. So I love Star Trek for that. Um, it can be your religion. You know, I think that would be a great modern religion. You know, um, I mean, come on. This is the fandom that gave us the idic. you know, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. You know, this great Vulcan, you know, motto. And um, 
So how can you how can you look at this and say that it's not progressive? You know, that it's never been progressive. It's always been progressive. It's always preached diversity. It's always preached equality. And it's had its problems, you know, um, in the in the first in the pilot, you know, um, in the very first pilot episode, um, you know, Pike has a a little quip that he can't get used to women on the bridge because of course it was the sixties. And, and, you know, so there, you know, it was still like, that was the big social thing. And, um, I think we're, we can conveniently retcon that or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it's like at the time you could almost understand it, you know, in a weird way. Um, but that's so inappropriate now. So it's not always been perfect because people aren't perfect, you know, um, but we're getting better, you know, and I'm really excited the way they've done it. I love discovery just like the, you know, women of color, come on, women of color at the forefront of Star Trek, come on, you know, between um, Sonequa Martin-Green, you know, as Michael Burnham and Michelle, you come on as Giorgio. Oh, my goodness. That was just what this was like a liberal wet dream. I just love it. And it's so good. The acting is so good. So, um, yeah, if you're not a Star Trek fan, um, you should be. <laughs> I think what's nice, too, is the new offerings they're giving have a little bit for everybody. Discovery is not my favorite show because, in my opinion, and this is no don't hate me, Discovery lovers, because I it has everything has a place. I they leaned a little bit more combat in that show for me. And I in, in the in the day and age when we only had like a kind of one trek or one of this airing. Now it's not the case. We have a whole year cycle, basically. I was thinking, oh, but that's what my Star Wars is usually for, is my more combat and less philosophy. I like my Star Trek for the philosophy forward. But now they've kind of spread to this cool cycle where they can all shine in like different ways, where everyone can jump in and find a show that's more to them. Even kids now, they're offering with... I have not watched that one. Have you, did you watch the... That yes. Oh, yes, so I've good? watched them all. I haven't. Star Trek Prodigy is so good and um now it all i will say it has that little element of star wars i think even just in the art style Uh it it's it's influenced a little by star wars um but it's so good and even um kate mulgrew um who was on the show of course she played um catherine uh, captain catherine janeway in star trek voyager loved her um and she now plays um hologram janeway um, on on Star Trek Prodigy, um, and it's it's a just a little premise. The crew is all kids. They like find this experimental Starfleet vessel, um, the Protostar, and now they're running, you know, in the ship. Um, and hologram Janeway is guiding them, you know, whatever. And um, listening to Kate Mulgrew talk about this show, she talked about how it's such a wonderful vehicle for transmitting to kids the values of Star Trek. And I think it's just amazing. And it's also, it's not just a kid show though. You know, I mean, it is in the sense that like the characters are children and you know, whatever of different ages, but it's hardcore Trek. The stories are enjoyable by adults. You know, I really enjoy it. I also, the other one, the other animated one, um, Star Trek Lower Decks, um, which is a comedy. It's hilarious, but don't let that fool you. The stories are just as um, as developed as any other Star Trek show. Um, they deal with heavy moral stuff, 
And then they have a lot of jokes along the way. And I, it, to me, it's just, it's perfection. So they are doing some really good stuff. I am a fan of Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this last season, I was a little starting to get a little burned out on it. I don't want to bog down in the details. Why? Because that's just too much nerd nerdgasming. Right. Um, but I'm hoping that they kind of correct some of that stuff, you know, for the next one. But I, I am a fan. But yeah, Strange New Worlds right now. I'm just I'm loving it so hard. Um, this Thursday, it looks like we get a really fun episode you know so really really cool but yeah i'm i'm loving it loving it i like your point about pike being a good role model for straight white men generally speaking that is an interesting thing that i feel that i don't think about enough as as a gay man always thinking about what gay representation is and i also you know consider it for other minority groups i don't look at the the straight white man archetype that's on television and i as you call that out earlier was thinking that must be a challenge for straight white men to not have positive role models i don't know that it's a challenge that they are acknowledging because when you can't see it you don't know or you don't know what you don't know and so yeah that sucks i'm sorry that i don't have such a formulated thought for it but but so many of them are the idea that like patriarchy doesn't just oppress women Mm -hmm. you know that's that's the first thing you see obviously because it certainly does that yes you know but patriarchy oppresses everyone you know masculinity is a very fragile condition. Mm-hmm. It, it's revocable. You know, it, you know, the, you step out of line and, you know, wh- what's the big insults, you know, that, that, um, straight men will lobby against each other. They'll call each other a fag, you know, or a girl, you know, or you're being a woman, yeah. Hey ladies, you know, whatever. It's all misogyny. It's all about stripping masculinity away because you weren't hard enough you know, um, you're not strong enough. Oh, are you having feelings? Oh, are you going to cry now? You're not a real man, right? It can be revoked. You're not real. And so I think that having um, images and representation of, you know, caring and nurturing ma- male roles, you know, on TV and in movies, I think that's dreadfully necessary. And not just for straight men, mm-hmm. but for society as a whole. Because toxic masculinity kills. Literally. Straight up. It is a poison. It is a cancer, you know, in society. And the minute somebody says it's not real, you know that they've just been duped. You know, they're part of the problem, you know, but they've been poisoned, you know, by it. And, you know, we have to, I think as content creators, you know, we have to keep that in mind. So I'm really excited that they're doing that, that the Star Trek franchise is really a- addressing that. Um, I can't imagine it was not conscious, you know, on some level, because it's just too perfect. That's a really good point, because surely they were thinking in the the, the creation of the show, you know, well, what characters are we going to highlight, of course. So choosing a, a white male actor for the lead man is did not go, you know, unthought, especially what we just talked about with Discovery, all the, the great representations they put in there. So I believe that was completely well uh, put together in their minds. You're right. The toxic masculinity kills. And I think there's another timeline thing to call out for folks, which is to say the toxic masculinity has not been around forever either. Now, the patriarchy has. 
But the new form that we encounter, this we can't hug another man sort of vibe that we have in America, Mm -hmm. very new. Only since the 1950s. Men in World War II were all over each other. Just today I saw... uh, (laughs) British sailors doing a drag show on their boat. Now, there's something to be said about how straight, you know, these kind of these non-minority groups can easily take what they want. They can pick things and they can enjoy it their own while still oppressing others. So I don't want to, like, let that caveat go without being said. But something with the 50s, I I personally blame the the Red Scare we had in the U.S. with McCarthyism and pushing gay people out of Hollywood. I think that is one of the major things. I think the the rise of like evangelical religions to push very traditional values. But again, this is all to say we're living with a concept that's only about 70 years this bad, which is, I hope, giving people a little bit of emphasis that this is not a forever institution. We can buck right. the norm. And pa- the patriarchy as a whole is already being chipped at. It's fighting back really hard but that's probably because it's seeing that it's so thoroughly under attack my hope yeah i would agree i would agree i'd like to think that what we're experiencing now the backlash that we're experiencing now you know represents the death pangs of Mm. the old regime and um i mean i'm holding on to that hope right um but we can't become complacent with that either we can't just assume oh they're gonna die out Hmm. they'll only die out if we keep up our work You know, we have to keep creating and we can't keep creating spaces in which we define, you know, that that as inclusive, you know, and that we're going to demand inclusive inclusivity. Um, If if we don't and we just ignore them, you know, then we're allowing that to become the norm. We're allowing that cancer to fester. You know, we have to root it out. You know, we have to make sure that, you know, this isn't going to be allowed in our spaces. Like if you want to be a bigot, then go be a bigot at home, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you're going to be in our spaces and you're going to be in, you know, public, whatever, that just will not be tolerated. And no, it's not curtailing your free speech, you know, whatever. Um, If, if Twitter throws you off because you're making threats, that's not, you know, violating your free speech. Um, Or if you're spreading misinformation, that, that is a company making a decision. You know, the government is not coming in here and telling you you can't do it. Um, but then again, I'll return to the hate speech thing. I, I think we definitely do need to decide like, hey, that as a society, we're not going to allow our members to attack other members. You know, we're not going to allow you to actually kill and, and, and incite violence against other members. Um, and just today, like I... Um, as, as much as I want the the Republicans to destroy themselves, I saw today one of their candidates released a video that is literally inciting gun violence against other Republicans that they're calling rhinos, right? R-I-N-O, Republican in name only. He's going rhino hunting. Oh, my goodness. It was like, the, I don't know if you saw the video. It was terrible. No. Like, they've got their guns, cocking their guns, they're using grenades. They're talking about it's open season. You can bag them and tag them. I mean, it was really like... Oh my gosh, this is obviously people are going to look at this and some people are going to then do it because we see that happen all the time. Not everybody can watch a message like that and be like, okay, whatever. You know, some people get riled up by that. And I think that if you are, you know, a candidate for Congress, you have a responsibility to do better. And if you're not, yeah, I don't know. That's where we are now, though. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping Twitter will do the right thing and, and, and ban the guy. 
you know, well, we, we will see. That's deeply troubling. You're very right. That is a very clear message and a call to action for folks. I always right. say when it comes to politics, there are no mistakes. There are so many people around these politicians at all times that even if the politician doesn't know what they're talking about, even if they can't speak more than four words, someone's always whispering words into their ears. Every government that's always existed, they always have an aid, and that aid can be bought, sold, or influenced. I mean, that is, I think, the real wheels of power are just who the people in power are surrounded by. Who they, well, they always say, what do your parents say? You know, be careful what friends you pick, because that's a reflection right. of you. And that's why I think that sometimes we get people to go into office with good intentions, and we wonder why did the, the, the regime not change? Well, did enough positions behind the scenes actually change comes to be a part of it. Right. But again, back to this idea of inciting violence, seeing our political climate and knowing the agendas that are trying to be pushed, the idea of, you know, extra policing uh, needs to be had. So, you know, that will crack down on on violence. It makes sense for them to issue these calls. They they want, as far as I can see, sorry, guys, Republicans are putting these words in my mouth, generally speaking, that. They're just calling for gun violence. And I don't know how we tolerate that as a, a society, like you're saying. I don't know how we. It's just amazing. That's amazing to me, this whole the thing with guns. I mean, I'm I'm not actually a fan of the Second Amendment Amendment to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the way it's written, you know, um, well-regulated militia. Um, the fact that the Supreme Court at some point decided that a well-regulated militia can mean an 18-year-old on his birthday can go get an AR-15. I don't even understand how legally that was decided. It makes no zero sense. But the fact that so many people have decided that it's an acceptable risk, you know, that that, OK, I guess we just can't stop our schools, you know, from being shot up. Um, other industrialized nations have been able to tackle this. You know, Australia did go figure, you know, they had like what one mass shooting and they're like, nope. <laughs> and then it was done, you know, no more mass shootings. You know, people can't have those weapons. Nobody should have those types of weapons. I'm not saying nobody should be able to have a gun. If you, if you go hunting or whatever, mm -hmm. if you want like, you know, I don't know, a firearm for protection, but you don't need a gun that causes that much damage to that many people. You shouldn't be able to walk into a nightclub and just kill almost 50 people, you know, just you know, at the drop of a hat. No one should have that power. You know, I'm not even really comfortable necessarily with the military having that power, but at least with the military, you know, that people are being trained, you know, that the people don't get to keep those weapons themselves. They get locked up. The ammunition huh. gets recorded, Yes. you know, and you have to explain, hey, these bullets are missing. What happened? You know, and there's investigations, but just the average person on the street. Absolutely. No, we should not be able to have these guns. This is insane. The United States is a dangerous place. And if people from other yes. countries were saying, hey, should I come and visit you? I would say, no, it is far too dangerous. Don't come here. The United States is terribly dangerous. Like after all, you know, this recent stuff was happening. I have a friend of mine in San Francisco and her friends, uh, her friend's husband was shot in a hate crime in San Francisco. And you, know, you think, oh, San Francisco liberal bubble, you know, whatever. But, you know. There's hate crimes everywhere, you know, whether it's queer, anti-queer crime, anti-Asian crime has been way up. I mean, 2020 saw a 12 percent spike. It was like the highest or not 12 percent, but it was like the highest um, spike in 12 years. Hate crimes have been going up and up and up. So you tell me that words don't matter. You know, we had this guy in office literally inciting racial violence. 
And we watch the numbers go up and up as a direct result, you know, so something really has to be done. So I feel like, again, kind of bringing it back to content creating and like the world of Star Trek, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a world in which it really is put forward that we are trying to work out diplomatically first. You know, that was one of the things that I kind of took as a life lesson from Star Trek. It was diplomacy first, you know, try really hard. And then if you have to, you have your photon torpedoes, you know, whatever, but you don't lead with that. You know, you don't start by firing phasers. You know, you go in and you talk and you, and you try to come to an understanding. You, you try to find that common ground, but sometimes there isn't a common ground. You know, if, if we're over here saying we just want to exist mm-hmm. and the other side is saying you should be killed, there is no debate. Yeah. You can't debate that. You know, so come on, you know, and that brings us to the whole thing of like, oh, so much for the tolerant left. Yeah, screw that. I'm the intolerant left. Thank you very much. I am. I am not going to tolerate hatred. I'm not going to tolerate people thinking that certain types of people shouldn't be allowed to exist or or that we should be lined up against a wall and a bullet in our head. I'm not going to tolerate that. That is intolerable. And if you tolerate that, you're just as bad as the person who's perpetuating that full enabling that is absolutely enabling to allow that to go on it is such a a damning situation that the the right has us in all all of the debates or conversations that they have us on are all seemingly to put us on like the back foot so we're all uh on our own territory fighting this war you know like i said earlier it's 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 literally a war of people's bodies women's bodies and uh trans people uh, literally going after the most core and only things that you really own and have control over your sexual identity all of those things that are just fundamental to us but these debates none of them actually hold up under even the smallest logical scrutiny if we talk about the gun issue you know they want to have these big guns to keep themselves safe from a big government well you guys are the ones advocating for a big government and also i'm not the biggest military tactician but i know my stuff decently we can shoot you from a drone that you can't even see so yeah what is I was that like, oh, you're do? trying to protect yourself from the government but let me tell you this little <laughs> secret they have tanks yeah you know like even your ar-15 isn't going to do anything against a tank or a drone attack or whatever if, if they want you dead you're dead that's it. You know, and all, the only thing that hoarding these guns is causing is more children's deaths, yeah. more innocent deaths, more blood on the street. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. Intimidation. Never has anybody got these guns and been able to successfully, like, fend off the government. Right. That's not happened. That's not going to happen. That is a fantasy. That is a patriarchal, toxic masculinity, evangelical fantasy. And um, it's a fantasy that is literally killing people. Literally. Uh, Space Unicorn in our chat here says two words, drone swarms. You're, you're right. The technology for, for the way that we fight these wars and, and attack, again, it far surpasses any one person's capability of, of being able to take it down. That is so well said, Storm, that it is exclusively this hyper toxic fantasy they have. And, and I had another example of it as you were talking a second ago, but it, it just all goes back in that. You know, any of the things of, oh, these people shouldn't exist, blah, blah, blah. We can't tolerate that. Oh, it was the tolerant left comment you made. That is one of those things of pushing someone off a cliff, literally giving them so little space, pushing them off a cliff and going like, oh, you should have been safer. No, you literally are pushing people to the absolute brink. You cannot. uh, But that's that's a 
rhetorical tactic that's employed, which is why people out there, we all need to talk about these concepts as for as uncomfortable as it might make us to have these dark conversations. It's why we need to have them to see you are not crazy. I, I someone shared a great, a great little thing that uh, they'd received some positive words. And it was something like, you might be the one person that's standing upright in an upside down world. Don't think that you are the broken cog in this machine. You take a step back, you talk about the death of kids, you talk about how we tolerate and like just enable all this behavior. We need to stop. That is such a bad toxic mentality that we were raised to not see. I mean, that's part of it is when it's a slow taking of people's rights or it's a slow creep towards authoritarianism it's it's why it's done slowly because to do it all in one fell swoop with a big old thing will get people out in the streets but slowly 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 as rights are eroded that puts people into a placid sort of immobile state where they're just confused like a lot of us are Okay, folks, sorry, we had some technical difficulties there. Like Storm and I were saying earlier, Storm is the tech wizard. <laughs> Just putting that on him. Hardly. Hardly. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with my tech. <laughs> I, I didn't even touch anything. So I, I don't see how anyone could legally blame me, but whatever. <laughs> That's been my day. <laughs> it really is. I get it. I attract it from all over. I was just saying that uh, briefly that... Uh, if, if these things were made overnight, if, if they clamp down on all restrictions right away, it would be enough to shift people. But instead, it's this slow trickle. And that puts us back to sleep. That, I think, makes us feel powerless and, and just takes away. And that's sort of where we were talking earlier. And I said, what motivates you or what, what sort of magic do you work in these moments? You went into motivation. And that is actually really what I needed to hear is what we're what we need to do is be taking care of ourselves so that we are still ready to fight to, so that we can continue to get up tomorrow and and keep trudging on because that's what it is it is a a sustainability and long-term perseverance game so absolutely we need to take care of ourselves and we need to remember that we need to extend that care to others around us as well and 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 maybe not just the people who are immediately around us you know may especially I think to people who are different than us. I think we need to look at communities that are more fragile than the ones that we find ourselves in, you know, and we need to do something to extend to those people. Um, just because I think that that's just what good people should do. You know, that, that isn't a political thing. That's just being a good human. It is unfortunate that we have uh, politicized human kindness. I think that's really right. one of the major things. If we're comparing ourselves to a Star Trek future, I do want to believe in my heart of hearts that people are kind and compassionate towards one another and will ultimately do the right thing. I think that's where it ties into your conversation about Fox News. We have a lot of propaganda trying to convince people that they're not like one another. And it's not news. It's not facts. It's just political agendas. It's 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 pushing people further apart. That's not to say that I think their audience clearly has a proclivity for that sort of thing due to their upbringing or, right. you know, many different ideas bring them to Fox News versus something more liberal. But the battle can and, and start I, and, there. And I do think that there is something, too. I mean, I don't want to just give the impression that I think, oh, it, you know, liberal culture is so much better, mm -hmm. you know, um, because we have, we have our problems. We, we've got a lot of problems. And one of the problems that we have is we do sort of demonize, you know, people on the right. 
it's easy when it's so extreme, mm-hmm. you know, when you see like literal Nazis, you know, whatever, I'm not saying, oh, we have to understand literal Nazis or, you know, whatever, what's to understand, you know, they're, you can't tolerate that. But, but, you know, we do have things on our side, you know, where we're just like, oh, just the people in the Bible belts and they're, oh, just the stupid Christian people and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and that's, that really has bred the whole idea of like the liberal elite, you know, and how, you know, we're so like, a we consider ourselves so much more superior in other people. And then it becomes easy for them to hate us because they already think that we're hating on them. And to some degree we have been. You know, we make them the butt of our jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about, you know, their Southern accents and, you know, I'm not even going to go into some of the other stuff, but it can be some horrible, horrible stuff that we don't necessarily even think of as being, you know, um, bigoted. And yet it absolutely is. You know, if we can start seeing each other as people and working together as people, I do, then that's, you know, where we're going to be able to get somewhere. But right now, it's so hard just to even see that human commonality, you know, and even in times where I feel like I've been out there saying, hey, have we tried kindness? You know, there's been I'm not going to go into details because I want to, you know, enrage my haters again. But a couple of times I've talked about like, hey, just practicing kindness is a good thing. And people have attacked me for it. You know, people on the left Mm. have attacked me for it because, you know, it's like, oh, no. And I'm not saying that you're not entitled to your anger. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of people are entitled to their anger, but we need to do something creative with that anger. If you're just stewing in it, you know, and just being poisoned by it, um, what good is actually coming from that? You know, we, you know, we need to be able to do something creative and we need to be able to listen to people on the other side. Doesn't mean we're going to always agree, but we have to at least give them the basic human respect. If, if we want to be respected as human beings, we have to be able to give that respect to other human beings. And that's just the way it goes. And not everybody is going to respect us. You know, we're not going to get respect back, you know, from, from some of these people and these ideologies. And that doesn't mean that suddenly it's okay for us to demonize them because we do actually have to be better than that. If we want to make the world a better place, we have to start with ourselves. Wow. Storm, I think that is actually the the place to leave off on for this episode. This is absolutely well said. I I adore that. It's firmly my belief as well. That's making those inroads and educating people. And and yeah, that's the only way you can really start to cross the line with folks to to bring that progressive or it just different ideologies through is finding some commonality, seeing yourself as together, like you mentioned with the Star Trek planet, you know, the the black people and white people sort of co-mix and how that was all different. I remember that episode, it's been many years, but it's a valid point that we need to start seeing our, our similarities. That's what will help us rise up and change the world. So... Absolutely. I'm glad you brought this. I'm glad I'm glad you brought all of your energy to the chat tonight, Storm. This was (laughs) truly amazing. I gave Storm like the loosest things that we cover, knowing we're going to have fun. But I am always blown away by how not only did I have fun, but you gave me so much motivation and just uh, my heart lit up throughout this episode. So truly from the bottom of my heart. A true thank you. And they're calling. They're saying that Storm for president. So, um, oh God! <laughs> imagine the technology chat. Oh, Our grids. 
But truly, thank no. you, Storm, for this time. And to people out there, if you have not already checked out checked out the Satyr's Kiss, this is probably the most appropriate. Uh, well, I mean, Storm has a huge catalog that I will let him talk about in a second. But this one is Queer Men, Sex, Magic, and Modern Witchcraft. Uh, so this one's obviously being highlighted in a bunch of witch and occult shops this month. So if you walk in, uh, right. you're probably going to see a good copy of this. It is a gorgeous book. This one was sent to us by our friends over at Llewellyn. So absolutely check it out. The Witch's Name also only recently. I think this was May and Witch's Name was March, if memory serves. So Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been a good couple months for me. It so is. That's, it's been a little a little crazy, you know. I, I basically back to back these two books. So it's like I'm promoting one, then I'm like, oh yeah, I have to promote the other one too. And um I'm scattered enough as it is. So that's 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 been fun. But it's 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 been a it has been a fun ride. You know, this has been really nice, you know, being able to talk about these multiple, you know, different things. So um and now I'm I can't announce yet, but you know, I, I got some other ideas. I got some things on the back burner. Hopefully I'll be announcing shortly. Don't forget after the stream, you got to write down the name of your new, new, new book. I think it was like Hexing is Hexing is Good for You or oh. something along those lines. <laughs> Hexing for self-care. That's it. <laughs> Hexing for self-care. Uh, that's oh a good God. name. Just don't say it one chance. more time. It's going to it's going to happen. <laughs> Hexing for self-care. Uh, it's a great oh book God. idea. I think I think that would be great. I think that would be a fun conversation for the future, too, because Hexing is always one of those middle area ones but yet that's that's rebellion magic that's that's what we're really that's part of taking power from the patriarchy is using the tools that we have so i i'd love to talk about that later on um storm any any other exciting things going on that you want to promote sky's the limit i mean deter trading's oh happening goodness. over there chaz's got all kinds of cool stuff coming out i saw there was a whole oh my gosh fortune i know yeah check wheel. check that out yeah if you go to daturatrading.com datura like the flower trading.com um yeah chaz my husband chaz has a bunch of um woodworking stuff that he's done he's like his latest thing is this tarot wheel where you spin it like the wheel of fortune and then you get one of the major arcana, you know, so it's a little kind of like a, a divination, you know, type thing. It's got a, the whirling planchette, um, which is like, you know, wooden gears. He's got some gear mechanism things going on. And that's in addition to just his talking boards and sign boards. And so, if, yeah, go to datourtrading.com and, and check it out. Um, you can also buy my books there. You can buy Chaz's book. Um, Devin's got books there. You can got, get signed copies. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. Also, I want to, um, um, spread some love for our modernwitchuniversity.com, And that is the home of black rose witchcraft, which is a one year online course in the art of the witch's craft. And you could take it at your own pace. Um, it's $25 a month for 12 months, or, um, you can save a little bit by paying for it up front, $250, not so bad. Um, but they have weekly lessons that unlock and we have um, close to 800 people, you know, who have signed up um, for this course over the years that we've done it. And I just performed a couple initiations um, just um, just on Saturday. So we now have 50 initiates wow. um, in, in the Black Rose course. Um, it's a lot of work, you know, and um, but we have a really active discord about close to about 300 people are on our discord right now. So there's people waiting to answer questions and help you out and and share um parts of their lives and, and fun stuff you know so definitely if you are interested in learning a little bit more about the craft um come and check it out 
And just you could also just go to modernwitch.com and learn a little bit more. You can um, sign up for our Patreon. Um, I'm doing one of the tiers of the Patreon where every month I um, give a guided meditation. So if you want to hear me lead you through some guided meditations, check out modernwitch.com. You can sign up for our Patreon. I'm also selling some um, inexpensive guided meditations at modernwitchuniversity.com. So we have a lot of little projects um, going on. And of course, we will in November, again, we will have our Witches Sabbath oh. virtual event. And um, I don't have any information on that yet. We're actually putting together a planning meeting. We're going to start talking about that real soon. But you heard it here. We are going to do our third annual Witches Sabbath. So stay tuned. And more stuff is in the works. So just follow me on Twitter. That's my that's my online home. You can go to my website, fairywolf.com. That's F-A-E-R-Y wolf.com. A before E. There's no fear in fairy. And um, check it out. You can read my blog. I have spells. You can um, see and even purchase some of my art. Um, so yeah. Um, and I'm always waiting to hear from um, my followers, my listeners. Um, please check it out. Um, and I will have much gratitude if, if you come and check out our stuff. I got to leave a testimonial. Maybe you can pass this along to Chaz, too, with the whirling planchette. We used that on stream. I think it was two weeks back. So freaking fun. We (laughs) used... Is that awesome? Oh, my God. We used all three of the methods included in the um, the directions that come with. They just included, like, three different ways you can spin the wheel. And we ultimately found, if you want to share it all, that the coolest for me was the hand leaving it teeter on the wheel and it was just insane, like a like a traditional Ouija board for anyone that's done that. If you've pr- played around, you might have noticed you do feel that drift, kind of a, a subtle right. pull. Yeah, So fun with the wheel. We had the camera. What I got to work out for next time is maybe using a dedicated camera just to hit the the plan, um, the, I don't even know what you call that, oh. the focal point so that the audience can see it better. We did one yeah. where... I think, yeah, they had me blindfolded for that one. And so I really didn't know Mm. much at all of what was going on. I was just letting it roll around and it was giving them such accurate results. They would ask a yes or no question and it would be doing that. Um, And the few times it didn't make sense right away, we found that like if it were one letter to the side, it would have. So we're like, oh, okay. Like we were able to really easily piece things together. It was phenomenal. And Storm, that's so cool. It filled, it fixed a, a, a pandemic issue, which is that we haven't been able to do an in-person Ouija board session. Right? I don't feel comfortable. You know, friends are mm, spread out across mm-hmm. the country. So instead of, I just, I've done Ouija board solo before, and I don't feel like it has the same energy for me. This solved it. I was able to use something that was wow. more intended for a single person. So that I don't know, just. Amazing feedback. I will say if you guys want to check out, if the audience at large, you want to check out some amazing stuff, the turret trading is filled with amazing things from crystals to talking boards to, oh my gosh, I could just go and spend my entire savings over there if I'm going to be honest. So one of these days, well, don't do that. Yeah, you I know. One of these days, you. Storm's going to see like this massive fee and it's like, oh, Kyle did buy everything after all. <laughs> so. <laughs> Go forth, friends. Thank Support so each other. That's the amazing thing. Storm even called this out earlier. The the little shifts we can use with capitalism is is channeling money to people that are doing really good things out there with it. So if you got money to spend, instead of going to you know Amazon that we don't really know and take big fees, we all got to use stuff like that at times. But 
in the witchy space where you can support people who know where the objects are coming from, they're ethically sourcing. That's the way to go. Support yeah. our communities yeah. that really need that stuff. Yeah. People, people often ask me, where can I get, get your books? And the first thing I often say is see if you have a local independent metaphysical retailer because they need your money right now and you want to support your local community. You know, if, if, if not, then if you have to go to Amazon, then you have mm -hmm. to go to Amazon. There's no shame in it, but, but do try to see if you can support local independent bookstores, because as someone who owned a local independent bookstore, um, that, that's a tough gig and it serves a huge purpose for the community. And those things are really drying up. And so that's, that's something that we really need to be aware of. You know, we, we want, we want to support locally first, you know, and make sure that your communities are being served. So definitely, I know that people want to give me, give me the money directly and I will take that. Certainly um, buying a signed copy from my store is better than getting it from Amazon. But if you get it from Amazon, that's good too. You can make a review. You know, and I, I definitely need the ratings and reviews. And so I will ask your listeners, if you've read any of my books and you've liked them, please consider giving me a positive rating and or review over at Amazon and especially Goodreads, because that is a tough audience. Really? Goodreads. Oh. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, people love just giving one stars for like no reason. And they didn't even tell you why, oh. you know, so um, but yeah, um, if, but if you have you know, read any of my books and you like them, please consider, because it makes a huge difference in terms of sales. And of course, I don't have a regular mundane job. My regular job is being a warlock and writing these books and teaching these classes and, and so on and so forth. So this is what we do. And so the, the, we could only make that happen if, if people like you and your listeners are out there supporting us. And so we're very grateful when people do. Um, so thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk about that. And to bring, you know, my views, you know, to your show, um, I'm looking forward already to coming back. I've had such a blast. Um, thank you again. It's been awesome. That is so sweet, Storm. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, you're always welcome here. We will let you go for the evening. I will log out of our Discord call in just a minute and do a little wrap up with our chat. But like I said, always welcome, Storm. We got, I, I know one in the future. I won't keep you long. I just, I want to talk more fairy magic with you. And we already brought up some cool stuff today. So audience, stay tuned. Go, go get subscribed to Storm. And like I said, Storm, I'll bounce out. So you have a beautiful and fantastic rest of your night. You as well. Thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate it. It's really great talking with you. Thank you so much, Storm. Bye-bye. Storm is amazing, everyone. I, I cannot rave enough about Storm. <laughs> Storm's so cool. What a great chat. Oh my gosh, I gotta like keep myself together when I talk to great people doing great stuff. But seriously, how is that not everything that I uh, rave to you guys about all the time? I just, all of those topics tonight are just so important to me as a person. And I really like that they all came up naturally. I, I, I just told Storm earlier, I was like, well, I wanna talk about Pride and Star Trek. Like just that. That's all I really gave him as a heads up. Hey, Witch King of Mars. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that follow. That is super sweet. Thank you for being here, everybody. Absolutely amazing. I'll ta I tag one last thing here and say, uh, much like Storm, if you guys want to support us, the best way to do it is by becoming a member over on Coffee. That is the link you're seeing here on the page. If you're listening to this podcast at home, that is ko-fi.com forward slash Kyle Paranormal. It's linked in the podcast description. For $5, the, the absolute minimum we can make it, tons of content. 
exclusive Discord access. You become a member of our Cyber Coven if you want to practice some magic, completely optional to you. But the big thing we're starting to lead with, we're actually deciding that this is going to be our primary thing, our primary push is our Pioneer program, which is based on educating folks about homesteading, survival skills, activism, and more. Really, if you love the conversation tonight, that is going to be the thing that Pagan and I are working on going forward. We are full blazing with our our paranormal stuff, but what we've personally, like Pagan and I in our last chat, we love our paranormal, but it needs to take a back seat right now to the very dangerous policies that are being pushed through. We will not be able to practice witchcraft in a year if many of these policies are pushed through. Maybe not a year, but you, you get my drift. I mean, come on, five years or less. The, the time is ticking. If you're not looking at the clock and going, hello, well, it is time to wake up. The alarm's been ringing for quite some time. So we need to be active, and that's the point. We're trying to educate people on useful skills, and it all ties back into very witchy activities as well. Uh, the first one we're leading people off with here in June is gardening together. So Pagan has people growing cucumbers. Later in the year, we're going to can them together. The process or the idea behind it all is to get people's hands dirty, to get people started, because starting is the hardest part. If you don't know many homesteading skills, and I'm one of those guys, I, I, I grew up in the weird push of like, well, everything's a box store. That makes you hyper-dependent on capitalism. And that's intentional, too. Like, let us not forget. It's not accidental. It is very much a shift towards a service economy and people not really being able to take care of themselves. So you got to buy and be reliant. What we're trying to teach are some basic skills. You can get in the garden really easily, really cheap. Um, join us for this stuff. We are doing Pioneer Nights this Thursday. We're having our very first in the Discord server. Uh, on Wednesdays, we host Witchy Wednesdays still. That is, again, in the Discord server. So those two activities are very uh, kind of private spaces because we want them to be. We want them to be communities that are hyper-invested in what they're doing and not open to the public because we've gotten just trolls in the past and we just want to keep it like a... a Good, safe group. Um, we're sharing information that's very, I guess, just very personal. People's political views and asking questions of theory and, and, and again, homesteading. So it's a group that's really focused. If you're someone out there that cannot afford $5 a month, please reach out to me. We have need of other people's skills. So if you have a moment to donate of your time every month, that is valid. Reach out to me. We'll see what we can get going for you. But uh, it's going to expand. This program has real traction for the future to the extent that it is going to be offering a, a lot of family-friendly education. Something that m might be lacking in the witchy space at times, um, our friend Tudorbeth talked about this, it can be hard to source material that is safe for kids um, just because magic can be talking about sex and all kinds of other things, right? I mean, age appropriate uh, can be challenging. This content is aimed at being extremely age appropriate. I know Pagan has ideas for education along the lines of teaching kids uh, certain math skills that are pertaining to the homesteading activities. I don't want to spoil anything, but she's going to be tying in an educational focus with it. And we've got friends like Queen of Swords that are joining in. Um, it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a very, very, very fun ride. I'm so excited to have you all along with us. So if you're interested, that is our big thing. Go over to ko-fi.com forward slash Kyle Paranormal. Get in on that. Uh, follow on Twitch. Follow on Twitter. 
follow on Instagram. I've got them all as Kyle Paranormal. If you want to be a little extra, you can find Kyle Communist, too. I have that username. That, obviously, is a little bit more communist-focused material. And probably a good time to shout out that I have revived my other podcast, Kyle's Communist Book Club. We're not reading a book right now. <laughs> That's the fun part. Well, I sort of. I prescribed them to go read some Lenin because Lenin is very accessible, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of content that is highly relatable as I'm showing a copy of Imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism. People should be reading these books, especially I'm in the middle of what is to be done or uh, yeah, what is to be done. Uh, one of Lenin's works that sets up uh, socialism and how to push that forward. So go subscribe to that if you're interested. But like I said, the coffee is the big activity these days. I will let everyone go. But if you have a chance, five star reviews on iTunes are really welcome. Leave a little uh, text review and that's helpful too. People can see that. Uh, so leave that below and that's going to be all. Be amazing, folks. We'll be back next week. I forget who my guest is. Um, I need to check. I think it's Adler maybe next week, but I got to check in. Got to make sure. But I love this new schedule. We're doing a new guest every Monday or one of our returning guests, I should say. And it's just been beautifully fun for me. I really like it. And Pagan and I are together on uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays. It, it, it's given us time to be more creative with one another and, and share different ideas. This is just such a positive thing. And I cannot thank you enough for being part of it. I will conclude this episode here, but I will stay live on Twitch just a little bit longer to say my goodnight. So if you're in the podcast, thank you again. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.